Podcasts. Today our guest is going to be Calvin Redvers of the Dene Nu Kue First Nation. This wonderful young man is a co-founder of We Matter Suicide Prevention Campaign. And my understanding his sister and himself started this program, this much-needed program, of creating teachings in the air through a video, you know, to bring messages to our youth about living this life and finding their vision, their gifts and creating a vision for themselves. You know, the, I, that whole business of transforming minds and transforming spirits of individuals is so critical. And I'm just so looking forward to talk to Calvin about this, you know, and have him share with you his teachings. So they'll come out to the air to you. So I'm very, we're very fortunate to have Calvin today from the Dene Nu Kue First Nation. He's one of ours, one of our men that has survived, not only survived and thrived, and he's with the people. He's for the people and he's for the land. And for, to me, that's what counts. Those are the people out there that to me, they're our powerful helping spirits our transformers at one time we had uh, our transformers for where i'm from was in kiap who's a coyote and he would help people by transforming plants and creating food for us kelvin and this we matter suicide prevention campaign is nourishment for our youth inspiration for our youth to carry on in this life, to finish their life, to do things that matter for themselves, because we do matter as a people. There have been many lies told about us as First Nations people through the colonial experience. We know that they're nothing but lies, and Calvin is coming today to tell us, you know, what works what's critical to help our people, to help ourselves. So I'd just like to 
once again, you know, I'm just looking forward to my conversation with Kelvin, and I'm so glad that you get to hear him. So please don't forget to send feedback to us through Facebook, Twitter, you know, email, whatever it is. You know, support, send messages to Calvin, thank him for coming today to talk to you. So I'd just like to thank everyone that's listening and wish you a wonderful life. Thank you. Calvin, I'd like to welcome you to Teachings in the Air podcasts with uh, Jerry Oldman. Coming to you, we're coming to the people from um, unceded Coast Salish territory in Vancouver of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, Tooth, and Squamish peoples. You know that've been here for thousands upon thousands of years, and I always like to acknowledge them because they're such beautiful people, such generous people. And I'm so happy to meet you. You know, and to I've heard about you, and I've heard about your sister and yourself. You know, seeing it in print, and um, like I was thinking of that because I was wearing a T-shirt last Monday that every child counts, and about residential school stuff, the Orange T-shirt Day. Yep. And I've been thinking about, you know, bringing the message or helping people to come to that place of I want to live. I want to be successful, and I want to feel good in my skin, you know, because uh, we know today that there are many that do not. Uh, they have identity problems, you know, from colonial harm, you know, that's been happening in this country, and they become lost in a way, you know, and I, when I'd seen what you and your sister are doing. I was filled with this desire to meet you and to contribute. That's why I'm so glad that. Um, no, I'm happy because, to be here. Yeah, because of the work that you do, it's just so precious. It's just so needed, and I'm just so happy that you're here. You know, and I wanted to call this session. You know, I want to live because mm -hmm. often I said when I first got involved with. Um, PHSA, we were doing, going to do a youth suicide prevention. I said, let's call it I Want to Live. Let's, let's label the movement I Want to Live. And it moved on to be called Huishtwi, which means let's go, or idle no more, you know, in the language. So I'd like you to introduce yourself to the people and where you're from and the work you've been doing and how it is today for you. Yeah. So my name is Kelvin, and I am born and raised in the Northwest Territories. Um, I'm Dene on my mother's side. She's from the uh, Fort Resolution, so we're members of the Dene Nukwe First Nation. Um, I grew up in Hay River, Northwest Territories, and um, yeah, I was uh, living in the north and was raised on things like wild meats and wild fish, but didn't spend as much time on the land as I would have liked. Um, and have always seen a lot of the issues that exist, um, you know, around in the communities that are around where I'm from and also even in my family, um, you know, issues like addiction and uh, depression and suicide and all that sort of stuff. And um, I'm trained as a filmmaker, 
So I went to school for film production. I was making movies when I was in high school, and that's what got me through a lot of hard times. Mm. Um, and uh, have bounced around through different jobs. I've, I've had films at film festivals. I've worked in TV production. I've been a producer at CTV at an Indigenous Current Affairs show. And right now I'm the co-founder and uh, national director of media and partnerships at We Matter, which is an organization that my sister and I started. Um, that's about um, bringing hope to Indigenous youth, sending messages of love and support and healing and for discussing things like pain and hardship um, and how to overcome sadness and anger and manage emotions and that sort of thing. And it's been busy. We launched less than a year ago. It's almost been a year now. And uh, yeah, the campaign reached over a million people from when we launched it, October 18th, 2016. Um, and it continues to have engagement from communities, from youth, from government, from everybody who feels like it's it's like a unique way to reach out to Indigenous youth on the ground for all these issues that you're talking about, like, you know, some that don't always get addressed. Um in our communities and it can be pretty pretty heavy heavy topic i'm so glad to become part of your movement because our podcasts are called teachings in the air and you have those you've been doing it already and i'm so proud to be part of that you know teachings in the air coming through the internet you know through uh, facebook through you know through the computers and yeah, the totally. ipads and ipods and stuff you know and that's uh because, I, you know, I think about um, what we talk about here, and I talk about I want to live, because when our spirit is strong, we have this incredible will to live. It doesn't matter how cold it is or whatever is happening in the world, we still want to be here, and we want to be active participants in this life. So when we come to that place of, um, the first time I seen this word was the late Richard Wagme said, ennui. And it means that my life is hateful to me. Mm. And he was referring to a community he visited, and, it's, and he said that there was that there, mm. where their lives had become hateful to them. Mm. Because of the abnormal history we've been through as indigenous people, you know, the stealing of children, the stealing of land, you know, all of the historical events. Because colonial me colonialism means, you know, that they wanted to have complete political and economic control mm -hmm. to get the resources. And they've done that at our expense as people right across this land. And part of that response has been that loss of will to live and to succeed, you know, to fall into addiction traps and different things, you know, and um, not pursuing higher education and looking for our purpose in life which is a meaning of life, is to find our gift and to use it. So what we need, from my view, is voices, mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. that they can relate to and they can latch on to yeah. and examples of success. Yeah. You know, and the beauty of our people because uh, the creation of the shaming of our languages and our ceremonies and rituals has been very effective. In our languages. You can imagine um, some of those early colonial figures saying that's the devil's language you're speaking. Mm -hmm. And those are the devil's tools, hand drums and rattles and you know, our other instruments. That had its impact. Yeah. 
we need to shatter and eradicate that. And I know you're doing that. Well, I, I know, um, especially in media, like when I was thinking of me being a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old yeah. as an Indigenous youth, nobody was talking to me from a media perspective, like as who I was as a young person. Mm-hmm. Like there was no messages that like, you know, nothing was being created speaking to me. Um, and I think even today, that's still a lot of the cases. These youth are out there and, you know, they might be in small communities, but, you know, nobody's, there's not a lot of media focused on them and like speaking directly to who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of We Matter is just so simple that let's get as many messages as possible from as many amazing role models actually talking to youth mm-hmm. and especially talking to them about things that aren't normally talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, you know, like I mentioned, overcoming hope and or overcoming pain and, and uh, hope and that sort of thing because the, um, the negative issues can become so suffocating sometimes. And there, there are communities where, you know, things can feel dark, like you mentioned. And I think, you know, that there, there is a lot of the, the government, I think, has been for decades, you know, f- through the past several decades, that it was feeding hate in, mm-hmm. into the people. And it can still stir around there. And the only way that we can get out of that is to be purposeful and to think about bringing love to that as many times as we can over and over and over again and reminding ourselves and each other that we can be loved, we should be loved, and that we are loved. Um, Because, yeah, I think otherwise the hate becomes too loud Mm -hmm. and it it can be really, like, uh, damaging to these young people who, if they're only growing up in a world where all they hear is the negative or the hate, that we need to be louder with our love. Mm-hmm. with our compassion and with our um you know uh sharing of strength i guess yeah. so that's kind of what we matters about is like just using indigenous voices just let's use indigenous voices to talk to our youth who are having a hard time and let's let them share tools and tactics and like if you are feeling sad mm-hmm. what can you do and so if, if a parent doesn't know how to talk about that, well, then let Richard Van Camp make a video and then Richard can start that conversation. Or if you've lost someone and you don't know how to talk about it, why not let Jordan Tutu start the conversation? Because he did a beautiful mm-hmm. We Matter message about what it's like to lose somebody. And so we hope these messages get used as like um, starting places for discussions in communities about how to get past these things. You know, like the internalization of negative messages, you know, has had its effect. So when I talk to youth, or any of our people actually, but especially youth, I want to give them a reference point mm-hmm. of the truth of where we're from. Yeah, and I tell them, you know, mm-hmm. in 1492 in Europe, men were dying by the time they're 45 years of age, and here we are living. Like my great grandfather is 105. That's a symbol of helping a healthy person. 
to live that long. In Europe, you know, they're dying from bad diet, hygiene, and different things that was happening there. Yeah. Plagues, you know, it is a reality. So I say, what would bring us to be so healthy? Because healthy means to be sound in mind, body, and spirit. And when you're a healthy individual, you know, you people want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that's where we come from. You know, you just look at our laws, for instance, of generosity. First kill, first moose, first salmon, deer, whatever, you give it away. Our young hunters were taught that. Mm-hmm. I've heard it right across the land. I've traveled from here to Labrador. Mm-hmm. And people would talk about the giveaway. We were taught to be generous, not to be self-centered. But we're here for the people. We're here for the land. Mm-hmm. So that's a point of reference that we need to get to. Besides the problem solving like Jordan and them have done so probably so brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But to give them that where we come from as a people and how healthy we were before contact. I say healthy B- BC, for instance. And I mean healthy before contact and before Christ. Because people get conflicted now, too, about spiritual beliefs and practices. Because it's so unfortunate that some of the Christians hurt our people. Not all of them. There's many beautiful Christians out there. But it's so unfortunate that our people now, many of them, have turned away from nourishing their own spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the problem today. Because our bodies and minds also need to be nourished and stimulated positively. In your videos... You and your sister's videos are doing that, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So I'd just like to ask you, So, because we're talking to an audience and they're listening to us and about wellness. Mm-hmm. What brought you to this road of wellness? What was your role modeling? What was your inspiration to want to live and to be successful? Um, I think I always had... Um, when I was growing up, the you know the I could feel a lot of the issues that were going on around. But I think one of the things that my parents did very very well is that they really promoted a sense of creativity in us. Mm. Um, we when we were young, we used to do like plays and like um, you know whatever dress up time when you're really young. Um, and once I started showing an interest in filmmaking, um, then my dad was actually very supportive, helping me to get like camera equipment and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I always remember that I used to be, I don't know, like have a lot of anger and like have um, so many emotions that like there was just a world going on inside my head and I didn't have an outlet for it until mm-hmm. I had picked up a video camera. And for me, that was something that just began to express and like sort of have that little valve for getting out all the frustrations that I had um, in the world. And for me, that was really good. And when I was a teenager, I spent a lot of time making films and videos, um, though my dad at the same time would always make sure to try to bring me out on the land as much as possible. And when I was 12, I remember not wanting to do that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. it was hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um we had a cabin outside of uh, hay river where we grew up and we spent a lot of time there and some of uh, like our most treasured family memories are when we were out um at the cabin and i found as i got older that my appreciation for what being out there had sort of seeded that little seed 
was put inside me. Mm-hmm. Even though I think I didn't fully understand it at the time, that you know, once I went to university and went off and and um, you know, traveled, that 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 sense of connection to like my home and my land was still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these days. You know, I, I, I spend a lot of time traveling. You know, I'll be going to Toronto or, or um, like doing meetings here in Vancouver and, and, you know, meeting with business and government and industry or going to film festivals and all that sort of stuff. But um, I definitely feel healthier mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm able to go home and spend you know, a few days even or like a week or so, like still back out on the land in um, Northwest Territories. And, um, you know, I'm still working to be a filmmaker, but one of my ideal goals in life is to be able to be, like, secure enough in my career that that every fall I know I could go home and, like, spend a week or two moose hunting and, and like, you know, the same in the winter. And, um, you know, it's, it's... I don't know where that comes from, I guess, but, you know, I... I I spent a lot of time, and I remember, like in my early 20s, thinking about the person who I wanted to be. And I think that that always included connection to the land, um, as well as, like, you know, kind of just feeling balanced and stuff. And um, one of the things I've learned is that it takes a lot of work to do that. <laughs> you know, I think when I was listening to you, to me, it comes that your introduction to it from your dad. It's reminded me, I was I worked with residential school survivors for 13 years, you know, and they'd been to residential school. And this one man was talking about, um, he said he went home, and his dad took him, him and his brother out onto the land. And they told him this later, when he was there and he was at the fire, he was restless and pacing. He lost a connection to the land through the residential school experience. Mm. And his brother, who hadn't gone to residential school, was sitting there with the father and they were looking at him. And they knew he wasn't right. Mm. He wasn't enjoying the experience. It was removed from him. Mm. It was, it's like a shadow there that wouldn't go away the memories of his experience. So I encourage uh, going back to the land for healing Hmm. for all of us. Go sit around the fire, go sit by the river, go sit by the lake, hike, sweat, you know, be there, ceremony there. That's our most powerful healing, I think. There's nothing wrong with going to a treatment center for six weeks or something and you look at yourself and you deal with yourself, but I think it's far more powerful in the land especially where you're from. Like you're from the NWT, you go there, that's your medicine. Mm -hmm. You just think of all the ancestors that are in that land of yours, you know, and they want to help you too. They have this feeling for you, this connection. Because I think of that, you know, I think of, for instance, I look at you, I know there's thousands of people behind you that passed on that gift of life to you, so it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. I think about myself, if, if anyone in my dad's line or my mom's line had given up on life before they had children, I wouldn't be here today. So that's an incredible chain. 
of people, human beings. Yeah. There's someone that looked like you a thousand years ago, laughed like you, near bloodline. You know, and we we teach people to honor that. Mm. Then they won't be so easy to take their own. You know, to live life to the fullest. Mm. Yeah. yeah, there's um. So I've I've traveled a lot to a lot of different communities, and you know I've done research and stuff as to how suicide and like mm-hmm. addictions and stuff can be reduced, mm-hmm. and all of the academic literature that has been studied studying this is that the communities that have the the most closest connection with uh, the land or with their culture are often the ones that have lower rates of things like suicide or addiction. Yeah, I think that um, we're talking about culture as healing, you know, and I was saying that there, there's nothing wrong with the treatment center, and there isn't, you know, and um, some of our people fit into that, and they heal there. I've seen it myself. And there's many that don't try anything. They don't go traditional, they don't go treatment center, they don't go to church. You know, they're just basically like a leaf flying in the wind. You know, so do you have any um, examples of using culture and tradition as healing personally mm-hmm. that helped you to be who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll answer that. I'll, I'll, I'll add a little anecdote mm-hmm. to that question first. Um, so I recently was in one of the communities that had a, a suicide epidemic not that long ago. So they, they lost mm-hmm. um, a few people, or young, 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 young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, my sister and I visited that community and we were doing workshops and stuff. And one of the teachers had sort of mentioned in, in passing, this is a, you know, a, a European descent teacher, a, a white teacher, who had said the previous school year he had taken his, his, uh, his youth on a boat trip across the lake. Mm-hmm. So they have a little community, there's a lake. Mm-hmm. It's not a big lake, but he took their, the, the youth across the lake. Mm-hmm. And when they got there, they came out, and a bunch of these students, these you know First Nations students, had said, "Wow, nobody's ever brought us here before." Mm-hmm. And this is literally in sight from the community, yeah. it was just across the lake, yeah. and no one had ever brought most of these youth yeah. across the lake. Yeah. Just just that little bit of a distance, just a few kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found that astounding because, you know, I, th- I think if, if we're taking away that, you know, they're, they're surrounded by just miles and kilometers of, of beautiful mm-hmm. landscape mm-hmm. and there's so much strength and, and power in it. And I guess, you know, maybe that is one of the things that I'm lucky enough when, when I was a teenager is I was introduced to my land mm-hmm. to spend time on it. Um, and, uh, just recently, uh, within the past month, 
um, I went up home and I spent a full seven days um, on my traditional territory mm-hmm. alone, just by myself. Mm-hmm. And all I had was a canoe, a paddle, and my gear. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a motor. Yeah. I didn't have anybody I went with. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a full seven days out there by myself. And um, I hadn't thought about much about what I was doing. It just felt like a, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but after when I was talking to some people, I realized that there's not, there's very, very few people who do that mm-hmm. these days. Um, you know, even in the small category, you know, the category of, of um, First Nations or, or people who, who will go out on the land, a lot of times it's always with someone mm-hmm. or you're in an ATV or you're in um, a, uh, you know, a motorboat or whatever. But um, I, I think more of us should do that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, I think it, and it, it was such a, uh, a hard experience. It wasn't easy being out there because I was portaging my canoe. Mm-hmm. You know, I was dragging stuff. I was lifting stuff. If I wanted to have a hot meal, I'd work to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was changing spots every couple of days. Um, but at the end of it, oh man, it's like you just kind of feel transformed. Like you just feel <laughs> organic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Yeah. But um, just that, you know, through the, the, the work that it takes to be out there, um yeah it was it was something that was really i guess physically important for me to do like just to challenge my body even but also like from from the soul perspective and mentally uh just to come out grounded and you know i think as indigenous men through history it would have been uh important for a young person to spend time out on the land mm-hmm. almost as a, as a ceremony um, and you know I, I didn't do that because I didn't have sort of the ceremony around it but even just seven days out there it felt like sort of a rite of passage mm-hmm. to do that um, and I think that more people beginning to think about doing that kind of thing will help kind of all of us I think feel grounded and connected definitely you know that uh, it's not silent because there's birds and there's whistling, oh, you know, squirrels, the trees, squirrels and wind, so and things like that. <laughs> it's a beautiful sound. You know, like like right now, we can hear cars going by outside and stuff. You know, and it's definitely a different atmosphere here. And the energy in the air is different here. Mm-hmm. Like microwaves, all kind of waves going through the air in Vancouver. You know, like I moved out of here. Point in my second year into a small town, and I can tell the difference mm-hmm. in my energy and my thinking. Mm-hmm. Just being away from the buzz, buzz of Vancouver, <laughs> you know. So it's um, I too have had that experience of bringing children or youth out onto the land, and right from my reserve, and we're an isolated community, mm-hmm. you know. And I'd bring them out in the winter time in February when the deer start to herd up. You know, because then it's mating season. Then they're going to they're going to start that, mm. and we'd go up and I'd take them up in these trails, and there's deep snow. And I say, Shh. 
were walking, and all of a sudden we come over the rise, and there's a herd of deer, hundreds of deer there. And you can see the bucks with their big antlers. You know, and you can hear the kids, oh, look at them, look at them. They're excited. Yeah. And no one had brought them yeah. out to see that. And they were so excited and felt so connected. Then we'd have hot chocolate and hot dogs and stuff, you know. But it was connecting them to their their ancestral land, you know. And that's why I think they planted uh, afterbirth in the land to connect us to the land traditionally before, or the umbilical cord, you know. Because our mother kept us alive and we're inside our mom. After we left our mom, the oxygen when it gets come from the trees and the green, the earth keeps us alive now. Mm-hmm. So many are missing that connection. And, um, I asked my grandmother, what happens if we don't connect the baby to the land? She says there's a chance they'll go crazy. And I reflect on that today, and I can see the truth in that. When we lose our mind, people make the wrong choices. And that's what's been happening. So I'm really happy to meet you. And um, I'd just like to ask, you know, I want you to give a message to indigenous males that are listening to this podcast now. What kind of message would you give them to that you would wish that you would receive or you wish many would receive? Mm-hmm. Just a message of inspiration or a teaching that you'd like to share with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I spend a lot of time running We Matter. And the idea with We Matter is that it's connecting, you know, uh, tools of hope and resilience to people who might need it. Um, and overwhelmingly, the because like it, it's on social media, right? So like uh, we we have a Facebook group and we have Twitter and that sort of thing. And when you post stuff, you can usually look up on Facebook who's using your materials Mm -hmm. so it gives like a sort of it'll it'll have a a gender breakdown of who um, uh, uh, identifies as male or female and our slant is always much more women so it's like 65% women to like 35% men who engage in the materials that we make Mm -hmm. and even in communities that I go to it can be so much harder to have boys or men Mm-hmm. or males want to engage in any sort of talking mm-hmm. about feelings. Um, my One of my sisters used to work uh, in, in health, and she was part of a conference where men had come together. And it's actually, I think it was men and women, but they were working with them to, to the sort of a treatment mm-hmm. scenario. And some of these men who were in their late 20s had never cried mm-hmm. before ever. Mm-hmm. in their life mm-hmm. they'd never been given permission to like to feel weakness mm-hmm. or do I accept that you have emotional weakness mm-hmm. and if you go through your life thinking that you can't be weak you can't cry mm-hmm. or you're not allowed to be sad or you're not allowed to feel hurt then that's like you're just you're making yourself so brittle mm-hmm that you can just shatter because mm-hmm. everything's been held so deeply inside mm-hmm. um, and 
I think what what I think is important for a lot of men out there is is to just accept our own gooiness, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> our own our own weakness, yeah. you know, our our own ability to be empathetic, mm-hmm. like our own ability to feel love and to have love shown to us mm-hmm. and to feel weak in someone's presence mm-hmm. or to show weakness with people around us mm-hmm. because in a that sort of masculine culture of like you know toughen up mm-hmm. and be strong and i always have believed that the best leaders that are out there aren't the ones who are you know like rigid and stone-like and like only aggressive Mm -hmm. it's the ones that have the softness that are the true leaders Mm -hmm. because um it's just part of being human you need to be able to be weak sometimes you need to know where you can put your sadness or put your your fears um and so I think that that is my message, I guess, is to like, <laughs> to embrace the weaknesses, you know, like yeah. embrace the fears and the sadness and the tears and to not be afraid to cry, like with people, with who you are. Even if at first you can't show anybody, you just got to go in the woods and cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Or to like... Or to like, you know, yeah. watch a movie just to give yourself like, you know, social permission to cry, yeah. <laughs> to find those ways. Um, so that would be a big thing is, 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 yeah, is to like, hey, you know what? You're human. You, you need to yeah. be gooey. Yes. <laughs> Some more than others. Uh, you know, Some I, more than others. <laughs> I've heard men say. It takes a real man to cry, you know. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what you're saying. I agree. And I agree, too. You know, when we swallow those feelings, internalize them, you know, and it affects other feelings, too, like love, for instance. And men have a hard time to say to their brothers or their nephews or other males, I love you, man. Take care of yourself. Be careful. You know, because I know that from personal experience. It took me a long time to say that to my brother. And I can feel it. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing. It's just right there burning in me. And I'd be thinking in my mind, I want to tell my brother that. And it took me till I was 65 years old before I tell him. Yeah. That's a long time, you know. So that's an important message you're giving out. Thank you for sharing that with the men. Be yourself. Be vulnerable. We all hurt. Mm. We all have fear. We all have anger, and we must eliminate it from our system as it comes up. Otherwise, we carry it and then it explodes later. Yeah, you know. So to, and also, you know, in that message to be gooey and also to be <laughs> loving and affectionate. Yeah, you know. And I don't know how many men I've seen that were ashamed, for instance, to be publicly say bringing flowers to their partner. Yeah. They're afraid to be laughed at or, you know, (laughs) made fun of, you know, but that's been gooey, that's been good. Yeah. And I think our young nephews and our cousins need to hear that. Mm. I really thank you for that message, (laughs) you know, as you give to our men, because we must have ownership. Those are our grandfathers, 
our dads, our brothers, our uncles, our nephews and cousins out there. Mm. They all need teachings. We all do. Yeah. And reminders. Yeah. And where we come from and what we're meant to be as a people. You know, we're all one. And this individualistic society hasn't been working for us. Being an individual. You know, we're one. We need to work together and be together. So we thank you for your messages. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to men? Now is your chance. Oh man, I guess it's probably there's actually yeah I got um, um, in addition I guess to, to, yeah. to being yeah. being gooey yeah is that that doesn't mean it changes anything about who you are. Yes. Like you can still be a great hunter mm-hmm. and cry. You mm-hmm. can still be a great rapper mm-hmm. and know how to cry. Mm-hmm. You can still be a great video game player. It's not as if you have to be one thing um, or the other. And I guess for those who have the the ability, you know, that, that live maybe in um, uh, communities that, that are close to nature, is to try spending a bit of personal time out there. Um, or really spend as much time as you can out there, like getting to know um, the the traditional territory wherever you are, or even if you, you're on someone else's, is mm-hmm. to get to know it and and to try things um, differently. Because, like, like, you know, if you always motorboat around, try going for a four-day paddle trip. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, try hiking in. Or in the wintertime, you know, there's, like, a skidoo thing or, like, where you ski in or, like, try to yeah. spend non-mechanical time. Yeah. It's not for everybody. But I think it's, it's, it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Um, and I think you get more personal time with nature to kind of think about your own existence. (laughs) I'd like to endorse that 110%. You know, we need to get out on the land the way our people used to feel the land and Mm -hmm. be part of it. You know, know, we need those trees and they need us Mm -hmm. because we breathe out carbon they breathe out oxygen. So we need each other. Yeah. And we need to go there and be with them. You know, and as we're sitting here talking, I was thinking of my uncle, one of my uncles, and he was saying that reservations are minimum security prisoner camps. There's a lake across there and people don't go there. Yeah. And it's like there's not even a gate with a lock, but our people somehow got tricked into thinking this is it. It's not. You heard it from the man today out there. Get out there you know, and heal on the land and be part of the land. And um, yeah. We come from beautiful people. Yeah. We have beautiful traditions, language, music, and ways. Let's go home. Let's be healthy. Yeah. Let's get that powerful feeling of I want to live, I want to be successful, and I want to be kind. We're going home, you know, we're going back to that time when we lived to 100, 105, because we're healthy. It's all a process, you know, there has been, um, you can say, a hurricane or tornado that went across Canada and flattened us for a bit, but we're still here. We're resilient. We have the strength of thousands of years being on this land. Yeah, and I think one thing about, that's good about the land is, is, you know, as I mentioned, like, it's important to cry or mm-hmm. to be gooey. Um, 
And some people might, if they've never done it, you might have years built up mm-hmm. of crying that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the land can take so many tears. Mm-hmm. Like if you need somewhere to put it, yeah. if you need somewhere to put your sadness and your anger, the land, nature will just soak it in. Yeah. Or if you have a connection to you know different animals and you need strength from the moose or the eagle, mm-hmm. that you can put your anger or your sadness out there and, and it'll mm-hmm. take it in rather than you know putting it into your life or the mm-hmm. people around you mm-hmm. um, the land can take so many tears very good I'd like to thank you for being on teachings on the air and uh, perhaps next time we can meet with you and your sister together which yeah, would be good that would be good because um, our men need to hear the women our women talk too and share yeah. about their views and about our conundrum, you know, and, uh, and tell us stories of success, their wishes. As I know, there are many aunties and grannies that prayed for me when I was in my addiction mode, you know, mm. when I was lost, and there were people thinking of me. It is interesting, and you're talking about the numbers of male and female. I go to, I've been to workshops across the land, and sometimes it would be maybe one or two men from mm-hmm. the community in the workshop. You know, that's a that's a dry one of the drivers for this podcast. That's why they ask for wellness for men, because they want to attract the men to wellness and healing. So you're part of that now, and I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. teachings in the air podcast we encourage you to share your thoughts with us through facebook twitter and instagram and we look forward to hearing from you we want to know what you think about the show and to hear your thoughts and how to make this program better remember to sign up for our newsletter you can get there by searching tiny.cc forward slash teachings cast these podcasts are produced with the generous support of the bc provincial health services authority indigenous health and vancouver coastal aboriginal health until next time